Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. This week, I'm pleased to welcome founder and CEO of W Communications, Warren Johnson. Warren started W nine years ago, and the business has a fee income of over £6.5 million. W is the largest of a group of independent consumer agencies in London who are leading PR's fight for creative work. Warren, welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Hi, Ben. You previously worked for Red for, I think, something like four years, and Freud's for, for about five. What made you, after that time, decide to set up your own agency? Um, I I actually left Freud's to set up a property business. Um, I'd always wanted to run my own company, um, despite what some of your background research might indicate. And um, I, um, at the time, felt that I wasn't entirely certain there was anything new I could add to the PR industry. Um, this was at a time where there was huge money in housing, and I decided to, bizarrely, it was very easy to raise money, a sort of pub chat that went a bit too far. We raised a lot of money to do um, prefab affordable housing developments. How, which, mu- how much ballpark did you raise? Half a million quid, okay. um, which is obviously a natural segue from celebrity-driven consumer PR. Of course. Um, and, and so, and you, I mean, you look like a builder. You know loads a bit about building. I, I, I do now. <laughs> I'm jesting. People, I do but, now. Okay, um, yeah. And I, um, so I spent some time doing that. Um, learned a huge amount. Uh, learned how unbelievably ruthlessly commercial the building industry is which how, is, how long did that last i probably did it all in for about 18 months we okay. built very little um i made <laughs> quite a lot of money buying and selling land um learning about the margin you can make from getting planning consents um taught me a huge amount uh, about about commerce and doing business um okay. which i think is one of the reasons why we are so commercially successful um probably more so than many of our peers because toughened you up a little bit a lot Tough me up a lot. I then spent about a year, which I refer to as my wilderness years, doing kind of hustling, selling, selling myself, really. Uh, as a PR or as just... It's a bit of everything. So I did, um, uh, I, I did some uh, consulting for working title pictures, sold film deals for them, did a seven-figure deal um, with Martini to sponsor all of their film premieres all over the world. Worked on a, a global f- a partnership with Soho House Group and Great Goose. Um, did some freelance PR. Did just lots of stuff. L- Learned how but, to sell but, my. But not with the end goal of setting up an agency. Or did you have that in your in your head at that point? No. At the time, I was actively. And this is the advice I give to people that have, have ended a tenure uh, a job for a long time. I would say go out, spend a year, eighteen months, and ju- just do stuff for other people with specifically without an end goal. Learn what it's like and learn to rebuild your confidence. If you work for someone for, say, 10 years, you you, you don't really realise what you know. And yeah. it's really empowering to go out and sell your own opinion and expertise to other people and suddenly realise that actually, you know, all of us know quite a lot more than we think we do. Yeah. So for me, that was really empowering. Um, and and again, it's advice I now pass on to anyone that, that you know, I can, I can pin down to give advice to. Um, and again, so, so that's... A lot of the deals I was doing were marketing related um, and quite often the natural outcome of it is to deliver PR. So it got back out that I was having retired from PR. Um, I was sort of back doing it. I got my first PR client, which was uh, an electric skateboard company. 
very glamorous. Having still not done PR, I hired someone to come in and do it for me two days a week. And so, you know, W was, was born. So W wasn't at its genesis a sort of... Uh, a, a, a life decision. It just kind of happened. It just kind of happened. It was something I really didn't want to do. Really, um, you actually didn't want to do it. Well, or you know, didn't think you in my to mind, I w- I'd retired from PR, right. so uh, it was something but, I could but, sell. I, no. I, I liked. I was in the business of um, my, my my actual company is called Warren Johnson Limited. Right, uh, and that's e- what, even now. And even now, okay. Well, you know, that's what's registered at company's house. So right. um, that that was the business I was in, the business of me. So I mean. We, is it fair to say you fell out of love with PR? What was it that you thought? I mean, you've, 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 you've since got back into bed with it. Yeah, I quite you, like it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you, having spent virtually ten years in it, you then yeah. thought, you know, well, I've had enough. You just needed a break. Is that is that simple as that? Yeah, I think so. I, I like it much more as an owner. Um, I remember my first ever review by David Fuller, who was one of the co-founders of Red in 1997, after my three-month review, and he said, you're really, really bad at this, Warren. (laughs) Uh, We may well fire you. Uh, And then my six-month review, he said, you're beginning to get the hang of it, but you're still pretty bad, although I think you'll be much better when you're senior. Right. And he was right. Okay. He also told me about a great property developer. Which I wasn't. <laughs> so good and bad. So it's not the case that you're you're better at running a business than you than you are at PR. You're just a better you're a better strategy guy potentially than you are a, a an activation guy. Is that is that kind of where um, the lines? I like PR is a lot more fun if you're making money on it. Um, okay. Really, I I like I like I like um, to run a good to run a su- commercially successful business. Yeah, it, it depends what you're driven by. I mean, I'm I'm ultimately driven by commercial success, uh, and so all of the other stuff we do is a is a kind of conduit to that. Uh, I think other people do it perhaps for more vanity. They or, just, or the work, or but yeah, or the yeah, work. Yeah. But but you know, it's it's and this is a slight bugbear I've got. It's it's an ad agency is brilliant at doing this. They, they forget what we do. Uh, they, they confuse what we do with with art, and it's we're in the business of commerce. You know, we sell shit for other people. Now, sometimes we get to do something that looks a bit like art, but it's not art because it's funded by brands. A need. A need. Yeah. A need. And there's always a sales message in it. Art is entirely unencumbered by the needs of commerce. Now, really good artists make a lot of money, but we, what we do is not art. And so people that, that talk about it, what they do is art, it, I think, are misguided. So it's not that you... Did PR change a bit that made you want to get back involved, or did you just have a break from it and thought, "I tell you what, I missed it"? Uh, no, no. I, I, it was a purely commercial decision. I remember yeah. Jim Courier, the tennis player who was briefly world number <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, was yeah. also really good at baseball, right? And he chose to go into tennis because he figured he could make more money at tennis and baseball. I pretty much made that decision about PR. Okay. Um, and it, and it was a nice, and it was actually, it was a really nice way of setting up a business. I know lots of my peers. Have taken backing, um, have um, to don't own all of their, but have had taken a business partner. Yeah. I self-funded my own business without a partner, so I now own 100 percent of a very profitable business. Not many people can say that, and I did that because I, as I was setting up, I was earning lots of money, consulting, doing various things. I was, so it was quite a nice cushion, which allowed me to run at my own pace. Um, yeah. and, and so we didn't really formally launch for sort of 18 months. We were just sort of doing stuff to make money. And I think that's given us a much, now that we do do good work, and we do do, we, you know, we run Seven Can Lions, 
but we've got a much more creative, sorry, much more commercial backbone than anyone else because we were we, we were a, a, a money making business first, the PR business second, and that's now evolved. We've now had the luxury of being able to bring in people like Mark Perkins and Adam Mack who can help elevate what we do and, and make it best in class in terms of thinking, creative output. But okay. to begin with, it was a, a, a one of the many things I was doing. Right now, what? I was going to ask this question later, but we might as well come on to it now. What what does the sort of growth path of W look like? Um, you know, in in rough terms, I'm not going to hold you to these numbers. But after year one, what, what was it? A hundred million, a hundred thousand pound business, or a, a, a million pound business? What was the? Because uh, it, it started growing pretty quick. It, in the end, we've added. You know, we've probably added between six hundred grand and a million quid every year since we've right. been in business. Fairly. Right. So year one was six hundred grand. Year two was one point two. But that's, year three so that's was quick. 1.8. Right? I mean, that's for a PR firm. That's going some, isn't it? Yeah, that's, I'm pretty impatient. Yeah. So we've 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 gone all in. Um, and it's been fun, and you know we've been really but lucky. for a self-funded organisation. That's I mean, you <laughs> in brutal terms, you've got to win a lot of business to keep. In the early years, you, you've, you've got to win business to make those hires, right? But uh, yeah, but I think you work a lot harder. I think if you've got a backup PR, you, you don't need PR doesn't need investment. It's you know if if clients, you know, well, it you, might do at some point, but uh, well, I disagree. Okay. I, I think that you know it's it's the only business you've got is what clients are willing to pay. So if you can't get a client. Then, then there's there's no business there. So we work really hard to get clients. Whereas if you're funded, you have the luxury of sitting around and being sidetracked by going, let's get a nice sofa in here. What's our brand all about? What does our logo look like? We didn't fuck around with that. We just got into the business of business, right. which is let's go and make some money. We only, you know, we only got nice offices a few years ago. We, you know, we, we didn't spend lots of money on branding or complicated mission statements. There were a lot of people that needed good thinking and good PR, and we didn't really complicate it too much beyond that. Right. And, and that meant that we didn't have any debt, we didn't have to raise any any financing, and it's proved, proven really well. And, and again, and, and you own one hundred percent, which probably means that you can be a bit more authoritarian in how you run it, which can mean quick decisions, quick investment. Well, I wouldn't say authoritarian, but yes, right. we can be, we pride ourselves on the speed and agility with, with which we work. Okay. Um, it, it, it also means I'm in a much better position to, to help remunerate those around me, um, both in terms of short, medium and long-term incentive plans. Okay. Now, what do you like to work for then? What's you know, a bit of um, a self-appraisal, if you like? Because you're, uh, you're quite—you come across as quite an energetic, passionate person. But I just wonder—I would wh- say uh, Adam Lee, who used to work for me for some time, used the word capricious, um, which I, <laughs> I had to Google, uh, which is actually turns out to be not very flattering. Right. Um, but I would say tough but firm, perhaps. Uh, I'm tough not, but firm, that's the same thing, isn't it? But okay. Um, tough but fair, I don't know. Tough but fair, even, okay. yes. Sorry, it's been a long week. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ambitious and restless and demanding. And so, um, but, but w- w- with a view of always doing good work. I think people, despite being demanding, because I don't have any business partners, I'm quite collaborative as well. I think a lot of businesses okay. that have partners, that they'll, they'll, the owners will lock themselves in a room and make decisions on their own. Because it's me on my own, I don't have the luxury of doing that. And I'm not arrogant enough to think that my opinion is, is absolutely you know, guaranteed. So I, I take counsel from those around me, which does make the, the experience a bit more collaborative. But ultimately, I make decisions. Okay. But I get the feeling you love doing what you're doing now. Is is, is that right? Uh, yeah, not this week, but yeah, generally. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, no, it's it's really nice. It's you know we we've been really lucky to be in a position where we are 
we've got some really, really, really good clients uh, and some really good people. Um, what what do you prefer? Do you prefer the the fact that you run a PR firm or the fact that you run a business? Do you know what I mean? Because it's kind of... It's a good point. I, I, I enjoy running a very successful business. Right. Um, it's it's nice that it's in PR, but I'm more proud of the business success than the PR success. You find that a satisfying yes, thing? Yes, very you're... much so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, w, as I say, has grown quickly. Um, so, yes, yeah, nine years in, six and a half million mm-hmm. pounds for for consumer PR firm. It's a very. It's a, bit, it's a bit higher. We just closed that a year end, and it's okay. about seven and a half now. Okay, thank you. Um, but that's that, that, that takes some doing over quite a sustained mm-hmm. period of time. Consumer, which I, I know you moved out of a bit now, mm-hmm. but that is a very competitive sector in yep. London, isn't it? Yeah. Um, how have you managed to, to grow that business so fast? It, it, not so much at the early years, but the last... You, you were under the radar for quite a while, weren't mm-hmm. you? And I think about four years ago, everyone went, bloody hell, have you seen W? Mm. Um, yeah. And you've kept going. Yeah. Um, and I'm just intrigued about how you've managed to do that. I think we've always been... Uh, certainly other agencies that I've worked at, there, there's been a sense of uh, having a minimum fee. Uh and we've never done that. Uh, I, I'm less about absolutes, more about relative you know, margin. So I think part of our success is that we've, we take on very small clients still, very, right. very small, and very big. So, you know, our smallest client will pay us, you know, in pizza, and our biggest client will pay us, you know, a million pounds plus. Um, and I think that's been quite important. And I think that we're... Um, because- do, do you mean from a hedging perspective, to see which clients grow, or do you just mean in a, in a diversity of work to keep, keep the agency fresh uh, it's less about the work and it's more about uh money coming in you know you can j- just because a client pays you three grand a month um if, if you put 10 of them together yeah. uh they'll probably be more profitable than a piece of business if you look at the sales um costs attached to it there may be a 30 grand a month account okay so you know, we, we have different business models for different sizes of, of, of business, and it keeps us fresh. You know, it's quite hard. It's a ruthlessly competitive recruitment market at the moment. And, you know, it's most millennials are much prouder to go home and talk about some hipster restaurant that they're working on in Dalston than, you know, some big blue chip multinational. So it, what's interesting for me is not always as interesting for them. So we try and it's that classic um, kind of movie line that, that you know, directors or actors always talk about you know you do one one for you and one for the studio and so we try and have that approach to our to our culture um so that works well in terms of supporting our business model so that we're not relying on a small uh, a handful of small big clients yeah right um but it also helps recruitment okay and is the uh, I, I get the impression that you you sort of quite you're quite flexible in the types of, of work you go yeah. after aren't you you seem to build up Credentials a bit, of a, maybe not the right way of doing it, but you you build up credentials within a sector quite mm-hmm. quickly, and then move into that sector proactively, shall we say? And you've done that a few times, right? And I just wonder how you how do you start that process off? Just like, right, okay, well, restaurants. How, how do we how do we how do we how did you get into restaurants it's, originally? It's a good observation, actually. Um, restaurants. Um, I mean, quite often it's it's through me or through my interests or right. um, restaurants. Um, I had a very old friend of mine um, who I um, we we 
so I started investing in restaurants. That's that's how I got into it. So I, I, I back meat liquor. There's a few PR agency owners who have, have invested in restaurants. So. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, in in this day and age, there's a huge. I mean, it's like the kind of you know gold rush for for investment opportunities, and people like. You know, people seeking investment love to have PR people on board because right. you, you you get basically free PR advice locked in, um, and they sort of think that we you know we can fill whatever businesses they have with with people, which is often misguided. But um, it's a night. You know, we back a lot of our businesses. So if I okay. happen to invest in, so I've, I've, I've recently backed um, Anna Jones and Debbie Wasco, who just opened a female only um, members club called Albright. Yep. So we're now doing a lot in the uh, member space. So these things can can um, can start just through a friend or a friend or, or, Completely. or something. Completely. Um, but the trick is, and what you've managed to do so far, is pretty quickly accelerate that and 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 move it as long as it works commercially. Mm. Obviously, into, Completely. into other. Places. We, we. I mean, I've never written a business plan for right. W. So we. We've, that's, that's nice. Yeah. Touch. Um, and we not even on a back of back, back, bit no. of paper. Just no, I mean, we here. do. We do. You know, we'll we'll write f- f- find out like numbers now in terms of how we staff. But no, we've, there's never been a, an overall strategic plan. Um, and any any proper entrepreneur, as I'm sure you know, Ben, is is you have to b- blur your your personal life and your business life so you have to be to be a properly good entrepreneur you have to be prepared to take money off friends and family for so you know i've i've pretty much every one of my friends i have as clients now um and that takes you into different directions okay. you know one of my best friends who i was on holiday with three weeks ago is the vp for app nexus which is an ad tech platform okay uh, which we recently sold to at&t for two billion dollars so we now as a result of that we know a hell of a lot about um ad tech Right. Yeah, and it's taken us into lots of... So, you know, we, we have a yacht division. Um, you know, we represent Boat International because my friend Sasha Bonzer is the editor, who I know socially. We we represent Myco because Charlie Burkett, who's the founder, is a friend. And how do you know all these people? Are they going to school with them? You, what, what do you... No, I've, I've been out a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out every night for 20 years and I right. have lunch out every day. And okay. you know what it's like. If, you, if, you're, if yeah. you're in a mildly interesting job, people yeah. introduce each other people. Yeah. It's fun. That's the fun part of the job. And that, but that's interesting that that, that social energy has has created so much opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and it's and, and and I think the difference between being a an employee and an, and an entrepreneur is yeah. be, being able to cross that Rubicon and turn a social contact into a business. Yeah. Uh, it takes confidence socially but it also takes confidence in your product, doesn't it? Because yeah. what you one thing one thing you don't want to do is when a friend trusts you is is Screw them over completely. For phrase. Completely. So you, you've got to have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to do a good job. We really yeah. are going to yeah. do a good job. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, no, a couple of years back, I think eighteen months, two years back, you had what I think many people would call a good transfer window um, <laughs> when you brought in Mark Perkins yeah. as creative director and yeah. Mac as CEO. Yeah. Um, and it was quite a fun analogy at the time for between PR and football because yeah. it was like oh, this, yeah, this, uh, yeah. It, it, it was it, you you clearly went out there um, and recognised I think a need for your business with to, to diversify I yep. suppose, the, the the senior talent yeah um, and, and have those appointments helped you has it worked Has yeah I mean I, I think I think we've always had amazing senior talent. But I think because they've been homegrown, um, they they perhaps not had as as, as much profile as as people that've been in, in the industry for a bit longer. Um, 
uh, and yeah, it was it was quite fortuitous. I mean, I, I Mark and I worked together in our first job at Red in the nineties, um, and we're sort of naughty naughty boys that were left in a small attic room together to you know work out who could have the worst hangover. Um, and Adam <laughs> Adam was my first experience of, of working with a strategy person at right. Freud. So we'd always talked about working together, and it was quite. So you knew Adam from Freud? Is yeah. That, okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realise you knew both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and it was, you know, so they know me. And so they that's know- always quite reassuring from both sides, isn't it? Because you... Yeah. yeah. It's a bit, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I would have made those hires to strangers. Yeah. I, I'm quite... Um, uh, I'm the same. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and, and also, look, you know, it was a big risk for them. You know, yeah. they were both at very big agencies doing very big jobs. Um, and they know me. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so well, hiring people is a big responsibility, especially yeah. as people get I don't know mortgages, families, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, it's a exactly. it should never be underestimated how important that is. Exactly, you, you, when you hire someone, you've got to really believe, not want. You've got yeah. to believe it's going to work. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And it's and it's worked out brilliantly. And yeah, Mark's Mark's remit was to. Uh, 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 and, and the reason we made him ECD rather than creative director, we actually have a creative sorry, good point. Yeah, uh, and the reason we actually have a creative director now as well, but was to improve. We've always done great work, and, and I think it's perhaps not been merchandised as well as it could have been externally. So part of his job was to improve that, and, and also the, the other part was we, we we were quite good at sporadically coming up with great ideas. His job as ECD was was to make that part of the DNA of the business, so that everyone could could improve the overall creative output and you know since since you know since he's been um on board we've i think we had what eight pl moment nominations we're currently up for eight pl week calls we won seven can lions it's been our best best 12 months to date so yeah, helps. It, it helps and then certainly having adam come along who i've never had more people congratulate me on a hire than hiring adam mac um, yeah. just in terms of the popularity contest alone he's he, he beat mark did he he beat mark by a long way yeah, yeah. <laughs> mark, mark's about as popular as me so um but uh, adam adam's sort of widely seen as the nicest man in pr Right. Um, and so that's but, been... but you seem to be winning, and this, you know, this is as ever with these things. I'm only an outside observer, but you seem yeah. to be winning bigger accounts now than you were. I don't know if that's true or. I, th- I, th- I think there was a symbiotic relationship to that. So I think we were starting to win bigger accounts, so we needed sort of more, more heavyweight people. And as they came in, we were able to win them and retain them more. Okay. Um, there was certainly when we when we won the three account, um, it was. T- to, to get the final piece over the line, it actually took Adam Mack and his views on how we create a bespoke evaluation model and his his level of detailed thinking around data and analytics. And that that for me was a sort of moment where where I was sort of like, wow, okay, I, I couldn't have won this account on my own. Okay. And actually, that, that that was Adam's first big big sort of ticket moment where I was like, right, okay, this is this is. I mean, I I knew it was a good hire anyway, but that was when I could put some money against it. So that was quite an exciting moment for both of you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I think he was still on his probation at that point. So yeah, it was a good one for him. But it's an interesting point, isn't it? As a as a uh, a business owner, presumably. It, uh, and it's, I'm sure you still feel this now, but when other people within your business start winning stuff mm. independently of you, presumably you start thinking, okay, right, I'm really onto something here. Yep. So that's that's presumably quite. No, a it's moment. great, um, and we've always done that, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've been so commercially successful. Where we have, you know, probably 15 people. Out, no, yeah, we're, we're certainly not a huge agency. Who will go out and win business right. on, on their own, and they will have month, revenue targets, and so. 
Yeah, I, I think a lot of, um, I mean, we, we, um, we've, we've started looking at acquiring more businesses um, and we've done three to date and we're, we're, we're due to sign a fourth in the next week. And so to do that amount of deals, you probably have to look at three or four times that amount. So we've looked at an, a large number of people's businesses. Right. And it comes, there seems to be a fairly uniform size that people get to. And unless they can let go and allow other people to go out and make money, they get, they get stuck. Right. Weirdly, that seems to be between 8 to 12 people and a million quid fees. And every business we've looked at, they, they can't get growth beyond that point. And I think that's when you have to let go and allow people to go out and m- make their own mistakes yeah. in order okay. to make more money. Okay. Now, just on that on that merger theme mm-hmm. or acquisition theme you were talking about, you've bought a, f- a few sort of smaller firms, not all of which PR. Yeah. Um, now, some people call these micro mergers, but I, I, I guess that's yeah. In the case of House PR, it was a bit bigger, wasn't it? But you've you, you've bought House PR in London, yeah. Glue PR in Newcastle. Yeah. Um, before we go into the depths of those, yeah. What was the strategy behind that? You because you, you were growing, W was growing real quick. Um, but at the same time, he's like, I tell you what, there's an opportunity there to go and do X and Y. And I'm just wondering what was the thinking? Uh, the, the thinking was to, to, you know, supercharge organic growth with, with acquisition as well. Um, but what, what, what did that bring? Talent, clients, both? Or? Just, just, just a, a range of things, but largely okay. scale. Okay. Um, and we've now got a more proactive strategy, which will allow us to acquire talent uh, and acquire sector expertise within PR. Um, but the, the first few, I mean, certainly the house deal was opportunistic. Um, it, it, there were huge synergies. Um, it, it made a lot of sense. And at the time, we were able to get our management team to pick up that business um, and and make it more profitable. Okay. Um, so so that was an interesting deal. The the thing in Newcastle was with um, with, with glue was um, uh, uh, a micro acquisition, so not a merger. All of these have been takeovers. Right. Um, and yes, that was a micro agency. That was that we were we were purely buying uh, talent there. Um, we, we we wanted to. It was around just just after Brexit. We realised that, that you know our views in London perhaps weren't shared in the rest of the country. Um, and we have a lot of national clients who need stuff done not in London. Uh, and so we thought as an experiment, it would be interesting to have a, a non-London office. Um, Newcastle wasn't picked for any particular reason other than the fact that there was a really good person I knew up there, Christian Sarasola, who runs it for us. Um, I like working with people I've known and, and trust. And um, it's been fantastic, you know, fantastically successful. We've got 15 people up there and they're... The pool of talent there is unbelievable, and yeah. we actually—I mean, we, we obviously did some due diligence. We out there, and we met with all the universities, and there's there's huge opportunities to work with them much more closely than you can in London to to, to help fast track talent out their universities into working with us. So the the level of candidates there, I, I would allege, is is better than we get through London now. Okay. So that's proved it. So, so 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 that was a pure play. But presumably, as a for personally, you learned a lot. Did because you'd never bought a business before, correct? And it's something I would. You know, you, maybe, maybe you did, but I'll be. There must be a level of how the hell do I go about this when you when you start off on that? But was so was that a an interesting learning curve for you, or or did you take it in your stride? Uh, I, you know, I I I've got a degree in economics from the LSE, so I'm I'm fairly comfortable around that, and I it, it's you know I've certainly schemed about that for, for many years. So it was it was fun. I, you know, did you hire one of these? 
brokers or did no. you just go and do it yourself? Right. We did the whole thing in the house. Right. We didn't pay a penny in fees. Um, and that and that worked fine. Yeah. Right. And and that is a I get the feeling that that's you're not at the end of that particular strategy. There's, as opportunities arise... We're accelerating it very much. So we'll be announcing a deal in two weeks' time. Um, we are... Uh, I mean, we've, we've bid on a number of others. You know, we, we've had two aborted deals in the UK. Um, we have... We, we came very close to a deal which uh, was aborted by the other party in Singapore. We, I pulled out the deal after due diligence in LA. So we, you know, we, we, okay. we. So it's by vertical and by geography. You're looking to. to, to um, uh, currently, it's by vertical, but also we're opportunistic. If someone comes to us with an interesting business that we think our management team could help and our network could help and improve their margin, then we'll we'll take a look at it. Right. Well, it's a nice place to be, isn't it? So it's fantastic. You're an independent. You're you're relatively cash rich. Um, yeah. And and you you can make some decisions based on. Frankly, whether you think this business is, is worth a, a mutually agreeable price. Really exciting, yeah. really yeah. exciting. Okay. And, you know, we, it teaches us about our business as we're doing it. Right. it. It allows... And it's it's something that's really exciting for the people around me. So in terms of, um, you know, there's, there's a real danger that my senior management team will, you know, after a while get a bit bored of running W with me. And so bringing people in... So I bring Richard, who's our MD... Um, in in on, on a lot of these deals, and he's particularly commercially um, uh, savvy. And so his career development, yeah, you know, he's going to get a bit bored running W day to day. So so him getting involved, he's very young. Um, getting involved in buying companies is is a great thing for him to learn as well. So it it is much about internal momentum, internal training, um, and then once we've acquired it, getting our team to work with their team so they can learn. So it works well on many levels. But there's a there's a, a decent, not particularly happy history of PR firms trying to that have, have been acquired and and then and trying, trying to stitch those two firms together that it's not always successful is it so but but you reckon you found a, a way to do that i think so look i mean it's it's still early days we've we've only done sort of three nearly four um but, but our 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 model is going to be when we brought the house guys into our office um which happened out of necessity from them rather than us um i i think i i, I that was a poor decision um so our our focus now is by people you know it's 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 such a liquid job market at the moment that it doesn't take much to unsettle people change of ownership is a huge thing yeah. to do yeah. change of ownership or change of location i mean frankly you know your job's only as good as your commute i think in most people's eyes if you change ownership and and commute in one go it's too much so okay that, that was quite unsettling from an internal point of view. So, our, so, our, so you learn from that, frankly, yeah, by sounds yeah. like. Um, so our, our folk and internal comms is, is very important, which I, I don't think was handled brilliantly on, on, on either side. Um, so what we've learned now is our, our ambition is we'll, we'll buy businesses that are top three in their market, that are founder-led only, okay. and uh, they'll keep their name and they'll keep their office. OK, so that was I was going to ask that. You're not trying to... I merge these things into W Communications. You're trying to have agencies that that stand up to an extent stand alone. Completely, okay. completely. And look, you know, we, we reserve the right to change our mind on that yeah, in, 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 in yeah, due yeah, course. Yeah, but yeah. you know, we're buying brilliant people and brilliant connectivity. So to take away a sort of brand name, um, and also look, we're in W1. We're in you know the most expensive part of town. Yeah. Most of the businesses we're buying are in cheaper areas. So to move them into our office is going to yeah yeah okay. Um, 
Now, growing at the speed you have, you must have had some offers to buy the business, right? Um, how come you, you've decided to, to re- remain independent, I suppose, so far? Um, the short answer is because I'm very, very greedy. Um, <laughs> the long answer is that I, um, I, I actually quite like working. Um, okay. And so greedy as I am, I need to figure out what will keep me going for 20 years. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're a young guy. What are you, 40, 42? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, you know, most Santa deals involve buying a business, doing a three-year earn-out, yeah. doing a three-year earn-out, you know, every pound on your bottom line is multiplied by, you know, eight. So that if I was buying you a cappuccino, suddenly that's 16 quid out of my pocket. Rather than, so I'm not going to buy you a cappuccino. So if you accelerate that across a business for three years, you rip the heart and soul out of it. So yeah. I think, and, and at your age, you might as well hang on to it. But you, if you see what I mean, well, because, if we're growing that quickly, yeah. most of the deal, even if we've been offered a lot of money, most of the deals we've been looking at. I mean, our, our EBITDA grew by 50 percent this year. So mo- most of the deals we're looking at effectively pay me out of my own money over yeah. three years. So I might yeah. as well just keep the money myself. And and do you put that? Fairly brutal fact at the, the heart of why we seem to be seeing so many fewer um, deals done in the PR sector, because there's just for, from a founders like you perspective, you people are people like you have thought oh, this doesn't this doesn't really work for me anymore. I think so. I think I think all of us founders are terrible pain in the asses. You know, we're pretty unmanageable. Um, yeah, but that's always been the case. I, I would suggest. Yeah, but but I think we're you know unfortunately I think PR is 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 less of, of, of a necessity to acquire. You because, know. because the holding group's got so many PR firms already. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I, I think if they haven't got an SEO agency, or if they haven't got an influencer agency, they haven't got... But, you know, they're, okay. they're a big... So I, I think that there's... So you, you, you put it from the buy side, hesitancies from the buy side, as well as yeah, potentially... Yeah, I, I, think, I think the model is not very founder-friendly. Okay. You know, why would you want to get the founder out after three years? No. Um, but but also, why would the founder, in, in, unless the founder's sixty, yeah, a forty-two-year-old founder, why, why do they want to go in three years? If you exactly. I mean, if they're earning good money in their own family, yeah. there's no the motivation's not there financially yeah. anyway, is it? Um, so yeah. I think you know, I mean, there, there have been a few deals recently. I mean, I think um, I know Mark and Mike who sold cake to have us, and you know that that, well, that was a while back now. Right? Yeah, it was yeah, a while ago, yeah. but but that seemed to. That seemed to have some strategic value. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been rolled up. Mark's out stupidly senior at Havas. So there was some talent there. They took a lot of their sport and entertainment and rolled that into Havas. So okay. I think I think there's been... I think the buyers have changed. I think... Yeah, that's a good point. I, th- yeah. I think, you know, when PR is a strategic acquisition, you're going to do a good deal. Yeah. When you buy a bit of P&L... It's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, so either you're buying into a market, most people are well placed in the UK. Maybe also there's there's no new holding groups. Well, that, that was the other bit. Who who the buyers in town are because they they're in well, not in the main, but they're, they're, a lot of the more recent deals, not big deals, have been private equity led or similar yeah. type of businesses. And the problem is, is that you know people have been burnt really badly because a lot of the private equity people are scumbags. Well, the the list of and, private and don't understand PR. No, well, there's not too many private equity deals that you look back in hindsight and go, well, that's ended well, are there? When they bought PR firms. No. So no. you're almost surprised that they keep happening. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, I, th- I, I think at some point, you know, certainly is it, is it Blue Focus that bought um, We Are Social? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I'm surprised there haven't been more Chinese buyers, actually. Chinese 
Chinese businesses buying UK firms. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, I mean, their, their tech sector is, you know, exploding. I mean, the amount of Huawei briefs knocking around is, is insane. So I, th- I think there will be a new wave of buyers. I think, you know, we're, we're at peak WPP. <laughs> you know, I mean, Sorrel will probably go and buy some again. Yeah. I think, you know, they'll, they'll over the next five years, I, I think that big, big, big holding group model is, which is fundamentally underpinned by media, which, which, doesn't work anymore commercially from, from their point of view. The, the kind of gravy train of those unbelievably opaque media buyers are gone. You know, the level of transparency now is incredible. So, so I think you know, the, the big holding companies are going to have to change their models. As a result, they'll be in a state of flux. And there'll be new operators coming in. Those new operators will have to buy a PR agency. So I, th- I think, you'll, I think the, the nature of the acquirers will change fundamentally, both in terms of who the holding companies are. So obviously, you know, Accenture yeah. might be buying more. Um, and geographic, where they'll come from. So you, you would expect a lot of them will come from China. Okay. And, they'll, and they'll be cash rich. Sure. Um, and just finally, um, as a, a business owner in PR who's, who's got some momentum behind their business, I, I, are you excited about the future PR? Do you, do you feel that your, your growth path is, is sustainable or do you, do you worry, not, not, not W I'm talking about now, I mean as a, as a, as a sector, um, do, do you feel that opportunities are going to keep coming? Completely, I think. I think. I think. PR people are, 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 are the most agile, most entrepreneurial out of all the marketing disciplines. I mean, there's amazing stuff going. I mean, we've we've made two ads recently, both for Unilever. I mean, the amount of um, awards that James Herring won for his ad for for, for Samsung. I mean, we're we're doing everything from making cinema ads through to live events. You know, so I I, I think that as the world moves irreversibly towards earned media we will all become king <laughs> well I, I, it, that, I mean I love the positivity of that trend but if you were to look at the ad guys still get the vast majority of the budgets right I mean I, I agree with you that the, the PR's on a, on a good trend on that but we've got a long way to go before we're we're competing against the big ad agencies for the majority of the creative work haven't we I think it's a lot sooner than you think. Okay. Uh, I, the fact is, is we made a cinema quality ad with Anthony Joshua for uh, for Lynx for for a tenth of the budget. I mean, if you look at all the comments that Keith Weed's making, you know, uh, and and Mark Pritchard, and all the, there's 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 a, a, a huge pressure. I mean, it will be driven by our clients r- yeah, rather totally. than this agency. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, it, to an extent, if you if you do a good job, it'll be you know what I mean. That's the you, yeah. if you keep if you keep taking yeah. advantage of the opportunity, then it'll yeah. it'll happen. And, and do you so put I a think, time frame on it. What's your? I, you know, I th- I think I mean you know it's happening now. Right. Um, yeah, I think in three years, I, I think as as you know, the, 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 there's, as consumer trends change, you know, uh, people don't want paid media. You know, it's just it doesn't work. Like yeah. when when was the last time you, you were actually exposed to some proper paid media? Yeah, but yeah, I so, agree. When was the last time you you know read a blog, picked up a magazine? You know, quite so, often. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, listen to a podcast. Podcasts are great. Uh, uh, so I, I, I think there'll be a symbiotic relationship between clients' requirements changing, their, their understanding of how better to use our media, uh, and the industry has got to have a bit more swagger. 
and, and have the confidence to go. Yeah, you know, I, I learned this working with Matthew. Matthew always uh, used years ago wanted to go Matthew Freud. to go against ad agencies, and now you know lots of people are doing it. Okay. Um, it just needs a few more people to sort of join the revolution. So, what does it need? It needs confidence, scale, cojones. Warren Johnson, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.